Congratulations! You just found a new paper with direct ties to your project. Would you like to read it now? You have selected Screw It! That's a future me problem. of the Arts Union Science Journal. Thank you for attending another unsealing of the Future Me Archive. I'm Future Tyler. And I'm Future Steven. And we are here to atone for the cinematic sins of our past. The Future Me Archive is a concept I developed in grad school when I would find new journal articles that I should definitely read for my project, but perhaps not today. Instead, I'd put those papers into my reference manager of choice and allow them to sit for months if not years, accumulating a millennium's worth of digital dust. Well, as with science, so too with movies. We all have movies we've been meaning to watch and just haven't, allowing them to sit in our personal future me archives, waiting for the day when some future me would finally have to follow that conspicuous trail of blood to the films that await at its end. Well, we are that future me. So we've already done one of these episodes, and if you haven't seen it, as I hope seen it, well, I suppose you can't see it, but if you haven't heard it, then I suggest you go back. But for those who are, you know, late to the party... I would like to ask Stephen. We've, you know, made these lists. How do you feel about your list so far? You've already watched one. You got another one down. We'll be talking about it today. How do you feel about the list that you created? Yeah, great question. Uh, I, I think when I was first approached by Future Tyler, uh, you, if you will, <laughs> about putting the list together, uh, you know, the idea of putting a list of things that I always kind of meant to watch but just didn't for one reason or another, definitely an appealing idea. It kind of gave me a reason to, you know, spend even more time on the couch, spend even more time in solitude watching something and sharing my opinions with the internet. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> At the same time, I, I really didn't think that the final product, the the list that I put together, would be as much of a giant facepalm as it ended <laughs> up being. <laughs> so exactly what do you mean by a giant facepalm? And I think that can be taken many ways. Yeah, well, I mean a very literal way. I, I reading my list over and kind of hearing a little bit of the feedback from other people. Uh, I do have a, a better appreciation for all the people who would say things like, "How have you never seen this before?" Or I've literally watched this movie a thousand times. It's still great. You need to see it. And I kind of be like, yeah, yeah, I get it. The guy is life is a box of chocolates, whatever. It's fine. I'll figure that out later. <laughs> no spoilers, of course, for what may or may not, not be on no, the list. No, 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 no. no. But it, it did allow me to kind of put things in perspective where I've been, eh, let's say, living under a rock for the better <laughs> part of 20, 30 years, give or take. I won't reveal my age. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, they don't need to know. No, no, exactly. They can't see us. You've already mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, for all they know, we're like really like young, like early 20 somethings, like perfectly coiffed hair, chiseled jaw. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're Ryan Seacrest and uh, George Clooney. That, that's really who we are. Oh, I call George Clooney. I wanted to be Clooney. Okay, now we're both Clooney. <laughs> okay, no one gets to be Clooney. <laughs> but it's it's interesting though, because looking at my list now, and you're right, we're we're two movies into it. These are movies that 
normally I, I really wouldn't want to watch. I, I just don't care about being up to date on the latest summer blockbuster, uh, you know, or, or like watching something just because somebody kind of told me to watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's not really my style. Um, incidentally, do, remember Blockbuster? Remember how I much do fun remember that was? Blockbuster. I miss Blockbuster. Block, it was the best. I mean, you go in there and, and you just end up with a bunch of N64 games you've never heard of and, and uh, maybe a movie or two, I guess. But if it was, you have to. Exactly. It was always kind of like you go in there with no purpose and leave with an agenda and then come back owing a lot of late fees. That, that's yep. what I remember about Blockbuster. That was the beautiful Blockbuster experience. That exactly. I <laughs> anyway, the, <laughs> the point of this is I, I'm excited to keep watching these movies. We're two down, 18 to go. Mm-hmm. But what I really enjoy so far is the ones where I have no idea what to actually expect from them. I might know that there is a quote or I know a particular character or, or this and that. But something like No Country for Old Men, which is the movie I watched, I I literally had no idea what this movie was about. So I, I went in with no expectations and I was, well, or I guess we're going to find out what I was. I guess we are going to find out, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah, it's like this No Country for Old Men thing came out in 2007. Um, you know, I was like, once again, not to give away our ages or anything, but I was like a a teenager who at the time was like railing against the Oscars for not it's like a like showcasing the wonder that was Transformers I'm like how would could you not put Transformers up in your best picture nominees so it was a different time um I imagine it's like uh this was this movie at all on your radar when it passed through the theaters back in 2007 no, not a chance. And and you may have been a teenager. I was old, an old man at the time. It's kind of a Benjamin Button situation for me. <laughs> we're two, we're passing each other. <laughs> so, so like literally, I think I've heard the name of this movie. I could not tell you what it's about. I had a guess going into it. I thought it was a 1950s, give or take, uh, like truly like a Western type of movie. One of those old school, um, can't even think of the guy's name, had a cowboy hat. That, that, I John don't even, Wayne? Yeah, that's the yeah. one. I was going to say John Wayne Gacy, and I'm like, no, you know what? That's different. <laughs> <laughs> He's a different man. <laughs> so I'm glad we clarified that. Uh, but no, I literally never heard of it. Wouldn't know what this was, or if I heard of it, I just heard of the name. And that's the extent of my knowledge and familiarity with it. Cool. Well, it's definitely, you know, a, a reveal. Not, it's like it's, I keep on saying revile, but that's not that. Revered is the word I'm looking for, Tyler. It is a revered movie for sure that has kind of stood the test of time, mostly because it's made by the Coen brothers, who are really famous, um, like independent, but now mainstream, like filmmakers. Um, they have this habit for creating these movies that are super violent, super baked into genre, and also strangely philosophical and deep. A very, very odd combination, to be sure. Um, so if you knew literally nothing about this, and I do remember at the end of our last episode when we were talking about you at one point, said, yeah, I think it's like a 1950s spaghetti western and just had to like bite down on my tongue as hard as physically possible <laughs> to stop from anything else coming out. Um, is like, oh, like, what did you, is like, so, I, and another thing that actually I forgot to mention before was that I remember when you were looking back on your list, you were saying that, like, each member of your list had something that, like, an, like an iconic moment. So there was yeah. no iconic moment that you kind of knew from No Country for Old Men going in. 
No, this was one where I, you know, I did a little bit of research of typing into Google, uh, top movies everybody's heard of, or movies you need to watch, or things like that. This one would just keep popping up on these different lists, where I kind of just went, okay, all right, fine. If you want me to watch a 1950s movie, I'll watch it. That's fine. (laughs) I've got one from the 30s in here on my list anyway. We'll get to that one later. I've got every other decade along the way. I'm fine with the older movies. I just, I've never heard of this one. But if you tell me to watch it, I will watch it, internet. And, and I did. I gave into it, all right? You gave internet, yourself you to the want. internet. Exactly. The, the best thing to do in the modern era is just to give yourself entirely to the internet. I, I submit unto thee. So you didn't know anything about it. You no. thought it was, a, it was like a spaghetti western. Yeah. Um, juxtapose between me what you thought it was about and what it is actually about. What is this actually about? Yeah, so I, I kind of feel like after watching it, I somehow know even less than what I thought going into it. <laughs> so I was kind of expecting like, oh, that guy, that okay, I know that character, or oh, that's where that quote is from. Something recognizable that I can finally say, okay, this is from that movie. Mm. None of that happened. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even remember the characters' names at this point. Uh, it, it, I, I understand the plot of the movie, which I'll talk about in a second. But I, I thought I was going to come across something where I would just go, oh, that iconic scene. All right, there you go. Yeah, that did not happen. So if it did happen, which it could have, maybe I missed it, which that, that wouldn't be the first time. I wouldn't be surprised. But at this point right now, having had watched the movie... I'm essentially at at the point where I can't even tell you who was in this movie. I I literally thought the entire time the main assassin guy uh, was the the main guy from Mad Men. Oh, John Hamm? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. I, yeah, I was going to say the guy from the Skip the Dishes commercial, if you're familiar with Mad Men. Uh, I do love those commercials in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Like the best role John Hamm has had in like years. (laughs) And and that's when I kind of realized, oh, this movie might be a little bit newer than I I thought it was because it's got that guy in it. Um, which it's not actually that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, Yeah, It it is not. (laughs) No, it's it's Javier Bardem, who is also a a great actor, but has never played, never shown up and skipped the dishes to my knowledge. Uh, Not, not yet. Maybe maybe he's an Uber Eats or something. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I I never heard the guy. It, It kind of looked like him, I guess, but I'm not sure the name you just mentioned, but yes, now I can confirm, uh, the guy from Mad Men, uh, is not the main assassin guy from No Country for Old Men. Nope. Uh, so, spoiler alert for those out there who are huge John Hamm <laughs> fans. It's, it's, it's not it's that act. Yeah, him. don't don't pull a Anna de Armas is like fan and just decide that you want to like sue us for trying for leading you astray. Did you hear about this? That there's these fans of this actress Anna de, as a Anna de Armas, and they're suing a movie because she showed up in a trailer, but she was cut from the actual movie, and they went to the movie to see her, and then didn't see her, and so now they're suing the movie theater for. That is amazing. I know, right? What 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 an era we live in. <laughs> that, that is exactly why I've given up and allowed the internet to just take me. That, that's, no, that's I think fine. it's a good call. You know what? The more we're talking about it, the more I think it's the best plan. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I had not heard about that, but that is wild and not that surprising. Exactly. <laughs> uh, otherwise, people who were in this movie uh, was a guy from Zombieland. I mm. want to say his name is Woody Harrelson. That would be correct. Is like um, most right. people, I think, would probably think of him from Cheers or White Man Can't Jump, mm, or Zombieland. I think he means Zombieland. Uh, uh, think, sorry, nine. yes, sorry. specifically Zombieland Double Tap is the one that most people are remembering. <laughs> correct. 
So he he's in there. So I got that one right. <laughs> but I, I really knew nothing about this movie going into it. And then, like I said, it would just kind of pop up my list of movies that you need to watch. Mm-hmm. So I watched it. What it's kind of about, and if you want me to just dive into a plot summary right now, Have I can. At it. All right, cool. I'm going to be careful. I, I know I'm kind of known now for, for uh, my limitless amount of spoilers. So I'm going to choose my words very carefully. I just started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> So basically what happens in the movie, um, the main guy, the cowboy guy, I think his name was Llewellyn, I want to say. That, that was it, yep. Nailed it. Let's just say I'm one for one. Uh, yep. So that guy, he's a hunter and he's he's out hunting, kind of doing his, his thing. And then he kind of comes across this drug deal that's gone wrong, mm-hmm. uh, where there's a bunch of dead corpses and a lot of money uh, among said corpses. Uh, I don't know why I said dead corpses. I think you can kind of put two and two together. <laughs> well, you know, with it, with the type of movies that you watch, I think it is important True. to note you know that what? the, the corpses are not animated. They are indeed stationary and yep. dead on the ground. <laughs> Truly dead, no zombie situation here. These were dead corpses. Yep. Uh, but he does come across millions of dollars and it's kind of like, okay, cool. So he takes that money, but then is immediately chased by the police. He's being chased by this psychopath guy with this air gun. Uh, which is a really cool weapon, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's it's quite iconic, I would say. Um, yeah. Very, very unique. I, I did enjoy that. Um, so that guy was cool. That was the guy who was not John Hamm. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, but yeah, so the main guy who, you know, for a while I was calling Butch Cassidy because I, I know that that is a Western thing. And therefore, I, I assume that this could have been Butch Cassidy. Um, so he is being chased by the guy that's not from Mad Men. And then the whole movie's kind of like, is he going to get away with getting taking all the money? Are the drug dealers going to come back and find him? Is the psychopath a killer guy, assassin dude? Is he going to find them? How do the cops fit in all this? Will they help the guy? Will they arrest him? There's a lot of this kind of like very relatable. He's The main guy's just very, he's just a guy. There's nothing special about him. He's got no discernible qualities. He's just a guy who either in a, good fortune came across a whole bunch of money or from the opposite perspective really unlucky that he stumbled across and had his whole life kind of derailed because now he's on the run so the whole movie was just kind of him running around will he get away will he escape uh, he's got this money. Will it go to his family? Will it go back to the drug dealer, killer guys? Will it end up in the police's hands? The whole thing was kind of, um, if I'd seen Catch Me If, if You Can, I, I'd assume that, that that's what this is about as well, where I think he's just you running. You haven't seen Catch Me If You Can? No, I saw a trailer for it. The guy is was... like animated or something running next to a plane. I don't know. It was commercial. Should I, should I add it to the list? I mean, are, like, I, I, like maybe. <laughs> We have to start a second list, like just immediately after. Like, this isn't going to be stuff. This is just going to be like the stuff that you have to watch now because oh Tyler God. says so. All right, fine. Part two coming up. Yeah, exactly. Part two. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the the whole thing was. I mean, I don't know how much of a plot summary that really was, but it's yeah. kind of like it almost didn't really have a plot in a way. Like, it just kind of felt very. What was the point of what I just watched? I, I understood what was happening in real time, but when you kind of take a step back and think about it, a guy found money, and then he either gets away or he doesn't. And we'll talk about the ending soon, but then it just kind of ends, and you're like, well, that didn't conclude anything. So 
it, it, you know, in the end, was there a beginning? Yeah, there was a beginning. Was there a middle? Oh, you bet, bet your There's bottom a whole, dollar there was. a whole was. bunch of middle. <laughs> mostly just move. I, I think the, the middle is still happening as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's it's and, still and then, running in the background. <laughs> and then the end just kind of happens, which, again, we'll talk more about that soon. But mm-hmm. the ending just kind of, it, it's over. That The credits are rolling. You don't really know. It's open to interpretation. You can kind of say, oh, yeah, it all worked out just fine. Here you go. Or on the exact opposite perspective, you kind of go, well, what the hell was that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So did, did I summarize that right? I think you did a very good job. And I think it would be it's like this actually brings up a very interesting discussion point that I would like to get your is that your in, your input on, because there has been a um, like throughout hit cinema history, there is obviously like a push towards like giving satisfaction to the audience you want them to be satisfied by the time that the credits roll so that they'll leave happily and they'll put an a plus on the cinema score thing as they walk out the door and they won't go out and tell all their friends not to see it it's again everything will be great but there is like a very specific type of film um, out there that deliberately goes out of its way to prevent satisfaction like to hold back a satisfactory ending like it's like oftentimes they do this by basically what people kind of assume is going to be what they're going to see. They take it away from them. Um, do you feel so? I feel like the ending to this movie definitely falls into that category of just kind of like holding back on satisfaction of basically being about being unsatisfied by what you've seen. Do you think it works for this movie? Do you think it's a highlight, or do you think it's actually something that you would um, like uh, get into some fisticuffs with Joel and Ethan Cohen over? <laughs> Uh, first of all, I, I can't even imagine the idea of being in a movie theater and watching this, you know, in real time for the first time when it came out back in before 2023. I don't remember what that's the one. Which I, we still had movie theaters then. I'm sure we did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do we anymore? I don't know. <laughs> but I can't even imagine being in the theater. The credits start rolling, and I can just picture half the audience doing the, the you know standard applause, and you stand up and give the the ovation to nobody, nobody in particular. Half the audience is probably doing that, and the other half is throwing popcorn at the screen or just kind of running around in chaos, wondering what just happened. I can't even imagine the divide that would have taken place. It, it, like it, to me, it was really unique because of the fact I, I haven't really seen many movies where you kind of watch it going, what was the point of that? What did I, what did I learn? What, what happened? There was no resolution. It was almost like watching an episode of Seinfeld where, where you kind of, you're watching it knowing that, well, it, it's a show about nothing. Sure. But you're, you know, every episode's either going to conclude or not. And it doesn't matter. Cause really, the next episode, it's still going to be about nothing and it might have carry over to the last episode, but if it doesn't, that's okay too. You're not really watching it for the purpose of, Oh, I hope they make it through this situation or, or boy, I hope they don't like it's, you're just kind of watching for the sake of entertainment. This movie was very much like that. And I was okay with that, but I imagine there were people who were less okay when the, when the ending happens. You see, I think it's interesting because I don't necessarily read this movie as being about entertainment. Like, it definitely is entertaining. There are moments in it that are, like, really suspenseful. There are moments yeah. of it that are funny. There are moments of it that are scary, that are that are sad. Like, it, it has an emotional gamut to it. But I think Seinfeld is a perfect comparison because as much as Seinfeld cl- says that it's about nothing, what it's actually about is a group of horrible people being terrible. Um, 
and then at the end then is like a, you kind of like the world registering that they are terrible this movie is and to my eyes kind of like about how difficult and dark and cruel the world can be and then because of that is like you're not it's like you don't get as fast satisfactory ending for almost any of your characters the characters that are evil is like um seem to get away into the, it's like into the world and they're still out at large the characters that are not either end up dead or it's like or but the, the characters that are good are either end up dead or it's like a distraught or despondent or it's like a or they're left their fate is left as ambiguous um I think the lack of satisfaction of the ending is actually thematically potent for what the movie's trying to say. And it's kind of like this idea of the world is a dark place and it kind of always has been. Um, yeah. Like, so I, that would be my, that would be I, my two cents. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that. And it's interesting because I, I never really got, there was a clear good guy, bad guy kind mm-hmm. of vibe to it. You know, yeah. Unlike all the other Disney movies I'm usually watching. <laughs> there wasn't that clear, like, okay, this is a good guy. We're rooting for him. This is a bad guy. We're rooting against him because even, even the good guy, um, I just said his name and I forget Llewellyn. Llewellyn. Um, Butch Cassidy. <laughs> Butch Cassidy. See, I almost said it again. Uh, even when you think about him, like he's not really a good guy. He literally left somebody to die in the middle of the desert or, or the area. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's a desert. Um, it literally leaves him to die. He's asking for water. He says, no, you don't get your water. In fact, I'm going to take from you and runs away with the guy's money. Like this is that, that's not a good action. That's a bad action. He's a thief and he's involved in the, in a drug a war, turf war, something he's on the run, evading the police won't turn himself in. Uh, he's going across the border, I guess legally, but I mean, the, the guard was kind of asleep. So yes. is that in quotations, legal? legally, yeah. <laughs> it seemed to be a lot easier to cross the border back in the day than it is now. <laughs> But he's getting innocent people killed along the way. He's doing this just for the benefit of having money that he stole. He's not really a good guy. Like it was, and and then no spoilers, but I'll say that when uh, somebody dies off screen and they really don't give any type of indication to his death other than um, I think Tommy Lee Jones, but maybe Clint Eastwood taking off his hat in solidarity. That was kind of the, okay, this guy's dead. That's all you need to know. Like, I won't say who the character is, but for a main character to be removed from the movie in a very anticlimactic, we're not really going to address it. We'll kind of let you know, but not really. Like It's once again, it's about that lack of satisfaction. That's it's, the thing, exactly. The, yeah. the, the sorrow of like, of basically, you don't even get to see what happens because what happens is not really in this like grand cosmic scheme of this like fate thing, it's not really important. And that's the kind of sad realization that like, none of us are really important. <laughs> this is a very nihilistic movie in that way. <laughs> and it does its job. But again, I can just see how people would be upset with that because oh, definitely, yeah. it, like it just, it doesn't wrap things up with a neat and tidy bow for you. It, it does leave interpretation um, allows you to kind of look at that and say, did I just, you know, waste two hours of my life? Or was that very entertaining because it didn't have a clear-cut ending? It, it is, um, you just spent time watching it. There you go. Were you not entertained? I Were you not entertained? Batman, I want to say. Is that Batman? <laughs> no. Damn it. I had that one, too. <laughs> no, I got it. I just figured out what it was. I'm good. It's not Batman. 
What was it's, it? Uh, it's Gladiator. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Censured <laughs> the wrong guy wearing armor. That's, That's true. My fault. That's, That's my true. fault. Like, you know, I think uh, back in the day, Russell Crowe would have made a pretty good Batman. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> and that's what we'll hold on to. Not me saying the wrong movie, but no, of course not. Should have been Batman. That's right. That's the takeaway here. But no, I, I thought the movie was good. My only other real highlight was the weapon of choice, which I kind of talked about at the beginning. Uh, the assassin yeah, the, the air gun. Yeah, that is cool. That is it so is cool. unique. It is epic. Like when you hear that thing shooting or. Or what it can do to a door handle. I mean, that is that is wild. I mean, it was no you know centibytes in a box. Um, so <laughs> if, if you haven't watched the first episode of, of the uh, Future Me Archive, by the way, y- you probably should. Um, what we can do, I we can just wait here. We if you guys want to go watch and listen to that first episode, by all means, do it. Uh, watch is a callback to you saying, by the way. Watch yes, it. I I, pre- I yeah, appreciate that. Just, keep, yeah. is like, thank you for continuing to rub yeah, salt in I got the wound. You. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody listening, you go ahead, check out that first episode right now. We will wait here. You come back and watch that episode. Come back to this one. Put it back on and we'll we'll pick up where we left off. Because if you don't, you're really doing your mustache a disservice. Mm-hmm. And you really should check it out. Yeah. You're not going to get that reference unless you watch or listen to the first one. Exactly. But, We're going to yeah. become that really insufferable friend at like a gathering who's making <laughs> all of like the in references with all yeah. the other friends. And you're just sitting there going, what the hell is even happening? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, those were the highlights. I, I The ending was unique. The yeah. weapon of choice. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the overall character plot the purpose and really what the the storytelling part of it it really is a memorable movie and one that i can definitely understand why it kept popping up on my list of you need to watch this and and everybody's seen this why haven't you type of conversations Mm -hmm. yeah i could definitely see that and um something that i actually caught this time around that i really enjoyed about it was something to do with the the characters actually but it wasn't really the main characters i do like the main characters i really like the dialogue that the main characters have but the side characters um like any like any time they were interacting like the main characters were interacting with like a like clerk at a hotel mm, or anybody yep. who's running like all these people who are living normal lives and what i find especially interesting about that is that you don't see that in a lot of these kind of heist like crime movies. You don't see them interact like the interactions with regular people. And whenever they would show one of those interactions, they're usually talking to them on the other side of a desk or they're actually separating them between two frames. Like they'd be like shot reverse shot where you see the one person talking and then completely like reverse shot without seeing the other person at all. You see the other person talking to try to make a divide between these people to indicate that like there's the people that are living within the law, within the norm. And there are these kind of like really fun strange idiocentric people like the lady with the huge hair that's like not telling <laughs> like the the, yeah. the evil guy where the other guy is like working yeah. or the like man who runs the like the clothes shop and when one of the characters comes in was like for boots and then two days later comes in wearing <laughs> only the boots and nothing else and he's like you need everything else now how are those boots treating you <laughs> like they're just living a completely normal like life and just like a on the other side of the counter is either like this personification of evil or this like person who's trying desperately to like escape the life that they're living. I think it's a really cool thing. What did you think of the the characters in general as like from this, uh, both the, uh, the extraneous other ones, as well as the main characters? You know, it's interesting you bring that up because to me, all of the characters were equally memorable and forgettable at the same time. 
like I, I I don't I can't imagine anybody in this movie won an Oscar for best actor and if they did don't correct me that's fine this movie's like 20 years old I don't care anyway but you know maybe it's by design so that you're not focusing on the character and you're focusing more on the story part of it but to me all the characters that they interacted with it, it's kind of like when you're playing a video game and you've got the NPCs where they, they don't really offer any value and at the same time when you're talking to certain ones they might give you a hint of where to go next or they might give you an item in some games or they might offer some kind of knowledge or wisdom or literally give you no value whatsoever and that this movie kind of felt like that where every time the main character or the main assassin the secondary character you're right anytime that they would talk to literally anybody it was like shared screen time the the importance of that non-important character was so much more significant than in any other movie where it's just kind of an extra in the background uh you know somebody ordering a coffee somebody else being in a in a car or walking down the street whatever every character that was interacted with served a purpose to progress the movie and yet i i can remember all of them but i can remember all of them to the same extent as the main characters yeah well that is interesting and it's like it's um it's funny that you're talking before about how you know there was nothing like no iconic scene or iconic moment from this movie that had kind of permeated into like the pop culture um, the only scene that might have done it was actually the coin flip scene between the, the assassin and the gas station clerk. Yeah, that's a um, good one. That is yeah. like what probably one of the most famous scenes from this. And is like, uh, I'm not, I don't, I was told not to correct you on anything, so I won't. <laughs> However, let's just say that John Hamm definitely didn't win an Oscar for this because he wasn't in the movie, <laughs> but someone who might look like John Hamm might've had a shot at it <laughs> at one point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry that the the characters were all the kind of like same level of like lack of memorability. Um, but in general, it does sound that you were kind of enjoying it. So we're gonna like, ask you to give this a rating. Um, okay. All right. Now we we obviously are gonna go for our different scales. It's like um, okay. So if we're gonna try to f- make up our own scale here, um, let's go for how many skip the dishes stars for <laughs> like our for the absentee John Ham would you give out of a, uh, a possible Oscar statuette? So figure out how much, how many okay. Skip the Dishes stars fit into a single Oscar and then rank it out of that. Is that with or without tip? Oh, without I mean, tip. You, well, see, you have to tip, and that's the thing. That's I, I feel you bad do for have John to tip, but, but I wonder how much would you tip back in, the ta- back in the day when this movie is set? Are we trying to, are we upgrading it to the much, let's say modern day tip, including modern right. day tip. So I would probably give it four John Hams out of five Oscars with a tip of a hydraulic canister. Perfect. Okay. What does what that add up to? I'm not sure. We'll have to check the, uh, the currency on that one. But it, it was good. I, this is, I'm glad I watched this movie. I would recommend watching it. Um, but also, you know, don't have anything within arm's reach that you can throw at the TV if you get upset. Because uh, you, you might get upset on this one. Especially if you're a John Ham fan. Yeah, don't and don't sue us. Sue um, who was like whoever the heck made this movie. I think this is Universal Pictures, so they can they can take it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so with the with the rating as clear as mud, um, look (laughs) to the past. You are future Stephen. Look to past Stephen. 
Stephen from 2007, Stephen from 2010, maybe even Stephen from 2021 when it's like or 2020 when we had all the time in the world. Sure. What would you say to this past self of yourself concerning No Country for Old Men? All right. You've probably heard advertisements about it or at least people talking about it, but maybe not. Either way, this movie was so far off of your radar that you, if you heard of it, probably assumed it was a country western from the 50s or maybe it was a true story about how the world is neglecting and disregarding elderly and kind of saying to them hey you're not allowed here and it's super political and not your kind of thing that's cool you are wrong that is not what this movie's about you've been bamboozled you've been misled you've been fooled and that's why you're not going to watch it but you should you should watch it because this movie was actually pretty good. You learned about a cool new hairstyle from the assassin guy. So that's great. <laughs> no, please don't. Please don't go for that <laughs> hairstyle. No one should ever. Poor Javier Bardem will be for rem- remembered forever for that hairstyle. <laughs> did that win an Oscar? Because it, 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 that deserved it. I don't think it did. But, <laughs> but I would tell past me, check it out. It's worth watching. Um, but it's not about me. We're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about your movie now, Tyler, mm-hmm. because we've talked enough about no, no country for old men, but I would say that it was good. I'll give it a thumbs up. Just one. I don't have 10. Uh, so just one thumbs up again. That's a callback the last time. Uh, you'll, but, you'll, never know. you'll never know unless you go back and listen. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, let's talk about your movie because I have many questions about yours. Yeah, so did I. we can dive right into it or i mean you asked me this question i think it's only fair i ask you how are you finding the list that you're working through right now what have you kind of learned what are you excited about what's been a huge mistake what what's working for you well yeah as a reminder to the people before the last movie that i watched was uh the man who killed hitler and then the bigfoot classic Um, and all of my my list is mostly made up of um on like DVDs that are on my shelf that I've picked up randomly throughout my life and have never had a chance to watch. Uh, and I was, a, I was a big fan of the first movie that I watched. It didn't have the best ending and that kind of marred the process for me, but I was very happy that I watched it and it was not a waste of the plastic that it was, uh, that it was uh, etched into. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, this movie actually coherence. There are four movies on my list that are actually from um, different uh, streaming services instead, because I only had a certain number of DVDs and I wanted to get up to a solid 20. So then I actually like took it and coherence was from Amazon prime. It was the one from the wish list from Amazon prime that I pulled off of it. That's not a sponsor. This is not an ad, but Amazon, if you are listening, you're welcome to sponsor the podcast. We're fine. Yeah, You know, it's, I'm not going to stop you from yeah, sponsoring us. <laughs> if you want to, you can, that's fine. But yeah. So as I ended up putting this movie on my list from Amazon prime uh, and it was due entirely to the power of advertising. Mm. Um, I like everything about it. So first of all, like I'm just like going through and it pops up as kind of like, you might be interested in this because you watched Arrival and Ex Machina, both amazing sci-fi movies. I'm like, okay. The little like poster is this like person's eye and a deep uh, close up with everything else being like fuzzing out of focus and just the word coherence. And I'm like, ooh, that looks good. But I know nothing about what it's about. Let's look at the actual like description on Amazon Prime. Nope, that didn't tell me anything either. Okay, let's watch the little like clip on Prime. That told me even less somehow. <laughs> so I got through the end of it and I'm like, this has been like deliciously coy with what is actually going on here. I got to check this thing out. And I, I don't know if that's how everyone works, but that's definitely how I worked when it came to this movie. 
See, I, I appreciate that. And I think for me specifically on Amazon Prime, I, I look for the ones that have the IMDb rating of under two. That's yeah. how I know it's a good movie. <laughs> That's what I was thinking before when you had said something about like, it's like how you don't respond to people telling you what to watch. I'm like, you yeah. respond the opposite. You literally, if someone says never watch this, you're like, ooh. I've already seen it. <laughs> So I, I've, I don't think I've ever heard of this movie. Shocker, I know. Um, I, I Based on your description of an eye on the, uh, on the movie poster, it sounds great, very compelling. Uh, I would love to know a little bit more about it. Um, you know, pretend I'm somebody who, I don't know, has never seen this movie before. What is this about? Um, okay, so I am going to tell you all what this is about. I am. I'm going to do it. Um, but I do have to have some caveats. I need to make things difficult because as I've been told by my family members for years and years and years, uh, I need to make things difficult. And uh, specifically what I'm going to make difficult about is the idea of how much spoiler I'm going to give in my uh, description here. Uh, Because I went into this movie knowing almost nothing and I felt that was really important for why I ended up enjoying this movie because the surprises of what happened, the kind of like pleasant surprises, the shocking twists, that was what really got me in. And I think if I knew exactly what this movie was going to be about, because the execution is, I would say, less stellar than the idea itself, then it's like the surprise of it is what's key here. So I'm going to describe this movie to you in kind of degrees of spoilers. We're going to do one degree of spoiler, which is going to be like for those that want to see it someday. And then we'll talk about it for a little bit, some, like uh, as much as we can go into degree two of spoiler, which is for those that may want to see it, but they, they need some more. Like they can't, they're not like me. It can just be like, that's a cool eyeball and decide that they want to watch a movie. Um, and then degree three is for those who don't plan to see it and just want to know what happens. Like just get on with it. Stop teasing me. I'm never going to watch the stupid thing. Just talk to me about what it's about. Uh, so, I'd also so like to offer degree four, which is I'm going to ruin this movie for you and everybody that you know, So, <laughs> which is more my style. So if you need me to jump in with that, I'm happy to. I would, appre- I would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but please go ahead, because I, 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 I can't even say that I've heard of this movie. I mean, is it yeah. newer, older? What, what are we yeah, talking about? Yeah, it's, you know what, I didn't, it's like, I think it's like 2013. Yeah, 2013 oh, okay. is when it came right. out. So it's like, so I was, it's like, but a, but a young buck coming out of undergrad at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, so this movie in the, in the first degree of spoiler is yeah. about a group of strangely glamorous friends who gather for an evening of lighthearted fun, all while this weird comet is kind of passing over top of Earth and causing havoc with the world's cell coverage, internet, and eventually electricity. Uh, and in this quasi-secluded state, uh, strange things begin to happen that distort the group's sense of reality and identity. Um, so that was pretty much what Prime said. And, yeah, uh, that, and that was the nothing. kind of like, like exactly it gives you absolutely nothing nothing to work with here <laughs> um but with that nothing we can talk a little bit about as it about the the movie and some of the things that 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 gives you um it's like so for instance this is a movie about obviously about a bunch of friends and something I, I do have to say is that whenever you watch a group of people who are pretending to be friends who have been friends for a very long time supposedly it is very nice to see a group of people and you can actually believe that they're friends um you can believe that they've had this like lifetime's worth of baggage that they've accumulated that when they're together in like only like you know it's like that like trickling in when like there's a gathering and first there's only like the people who live in the place and then like two or three people show up and then they're like talking shit about the people who are going to be showing up later and then the people who show up later comes out and yet they're like the best friends hey 
you're here. When meanwhile, like two seconds ago, they're like, oh, fuck this person. And then was, um, so you really just kind of get this kind of like nice feeling of, oh, these people are friends. They know each other. It's believable. And I like that. See, I watch a lot of horror movies, so everything you just described means nothing to me because they just throw people in a room together and they're like, you're friends now. Deal with it. You're all (laughs) going to be dead soon anyway. It doesn't matter. So for me to hear that, it's like, oh, plot, character development. Tell me more. I like it. Well, yeah. It's like um, one caveat, though, to this is that I I, I must find that like as, as much as the friends are believable as friends, it's really hard to find them believable as just people because this movie suffers from a thing that like a lot of, as you said, like horror movies, but especially a lot of like low budget horror movies suffer from in the way that all of the actors and actresses in this thing are just unreasonably good looking like which is not a bad thing necessarily, but you know, when it's kind of like, look at this group of average friends. I'm like, yes, who have all apparently just like, just came out of the garden of Eden. They are like freaking perfect. It's like specimens of the human, it's like of the human being is like, and uh, yeah, they just have all happen to live in this small little quaint subdivision. I'm like, I don't believe it. <laughs> so it's like watching the OC or, or something. Just uh, like the OC. In fact, is that a, a relevant, simil- is that, is that a, a reference that's still, that's still applicable today, right? If I say the OC, people get that. It's like, you know, pe- people who are our age will get it. <laughs> Whatever ambiguous age. Whatever ambiguous be. age that may be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, especially now, considering our weird Benjamin Button setup that we've that we've gone through. It's like, who knows where we'll be tomorrow. <laughs> so should we move on to maybe the, to the second degree of spoiler? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious because I I might want to watch this, but I'm gonna need a little bit more information here. Okay, okay. Um, well then, so we left them off. They had been in this strange, secluded state, but along with communication, the comet eventually knocks out power, and it leaves the entire block in darkness, save for one other house. And uh, upon inspecting this other house, the group actually end up like uh, looking over and reveal that this house is an exact copy of their house, containing exact copies of each of them. Um, and they discover that this is an event called discoherence, where two separate versions of reality exist simultaneously within a closed system. And then questions about what happens when the discoherence ends, when the comet finishes passing. Um, it brings forth some dark thoughts about what should be done about this other group of people and even more creepily what that other group of people is thinking should be done about them. Um, And so that was really one of the coolest parts of this movie is this kind of like really interesting premise that just adds itself open to a bunch of what if questions, like thinking about yourself and maybe your group of friends, like was like, if you were in a situation like this, where that same group of friends was, was um, kind of like replicated in another group over there and it wasn't clear what was going to happen at the end of the night, were you both going to continue to exist? Was that group going to merge into you? Or were was one of the two groups going to be similar, summarily taken care of? Um, you'd start to ask questions like, okay, who can I trust in my group of friends to yeah, behave rationally? Who can't I trust in that replica group of friends to behave rationally? Is some one of them, if we're thinking about what we need to be doing, what are they thinking about? And all those sorts of like really interesting kind of parlor conversations you can have about what should be done and what is going to be done were very fascinating. So is is this like parallel universe kind of a thing or like real time they're, they're all in the same situation just in 
a mirrored kind of uh, situation. Yeah, it's it's they don't really go into a full dis- description of it, and because it is very okay. low budget, they don't give you too much is like um like visuals on kind of what's looking up. But effectively, the metaphysics seems to be their block has been like kind of found itself in this little quantum moment that's separate from the rest of the world. And in that block, there are two exact copies of their house. And in those two houses are exact copies of the people. And they can see the other house from their front door. So if they go through this kind of like dark zone, they end up on the other side where there's this house and the people in there. Um, And then it's kind of like they're sitting in their one house thinking what they should do about it um, and coming to some interesting conclusions. Okay, that's vague enough that it's also caught my... You've piqued my interest. So I think I'm going to let you talk about Degree 3, but I'm just going to go ahead and plug my ears and pretend that you don't exist because I don't want you to ruin the movie. Okay, well, that's fair. Um, (laughs) So for those of you who don't plan to see this at all, Degree 3 is that after much shenanigans trying to figure out what's going to happen and all this sort of stuff, it's actually revealed that there are not only two versions, but actually endless versions of themselves. And each time they leave the house and cross this like area of darkness, it's like a roulette wheel and they're ended up going into a different version. However, every time they come back through, they also end up in a different version. So they've realized that every time they've gone outside and come back, they've come into a different version of reality. None of them are the same versions of themselves as they thought they were. They're all coming from different places. They all have slightly different understandings of what has happened. And it's all started to like compile on itself. And as the camaraderie starts to decay amongst these people who are realizing that they're not really the same people that they were hanging out with some like a few hours ago, the lead character actually decides to go out and find a better version of life to call home. And she'll just have to deal with the her that exists in that version and how she's going to deal with it is actually pretty brutal. Um, so that was kind of like the third twist before the final act. Uh, and I'm just saying, like twists and turns and reveals beyond prediction. It's such a, it was such a cool movie in that way. Like I didn't see that coming. It's like they set up this kind of idea of what the metaphysics was, and then they switched it very cleverly with a bunch of little hints throughout that it was they were going to do it. It was very, very neat. I must say. I mean, that it sounds, it sounds really unique. Uh, I can't really. I'm trying to think right now if there's any movies that are kind of like that. I mean, I can think of a couple parallel universe type things or like um you know space sci-fi ones where there's a life happening in space and the entire world taking place below and they have to kind of find a way to um you know merge together communicate with one another this sounds nothing like that yeah <laughs> so this sounds very interesting i i think i mean was it a good movie like you liked it yeah, I would say it was it was a very good movie um, for what it for what it is like as in like, you know, it's it's a very interesting premise. The premise okay. is executed well in terms of the plot. Um, the filmmaking style is very, very like cheap, um, but not in a bad way. I should say inexpensive, not cheap in the way that it is all done with handheld camera in like pretty much the same single singular setting with the same cast. So it's obviously something you do low budget. It looks like something that they could have shot during COVID. Like it looks like a COVID movie, like something from 2020, um, but it wasn't. Um, So like, you're not going to get any really interesting, like visual flair or something like that. But that's why I'm saying like going in and just experiencing the plot and the twists, it really drags you in. Um, The movie, the only movie that I can think of that's actually kind of similar to this is the movie Us by Jordan Peele. Um, It has that that kind of like similar element of like, a yep. world above and a world below. And then 
when the two worlds collide, like, what are you going to do? Who is like, who is like, uh, who are we rooting for? Who's like, is it okay for a person to usurp the other person when both of you have equal right to the, is like to the same spot? It's, um, it's interesting. Hey, you kind of just described the plot of the movie as above, so below, which is, (laughs) (laughs) which aptly name, I know. Uh, That's a good movie because they, they crawl into the depths of hell, then they come back out and their world is the exact same world just kind of flipped around and they have to up is down, down is up. And you can't trust the people that you're meeting, even though it's the same, it's the same person, it's just the darker version of themselves. It's, it's a whole thing. That's a cool movie. Um, but we're not talking about that movie right now. <laughs> what are we talking about? I wonder how many times we're going to have that moment. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sorry that I've watched horror movies that I enjoy. All right. That's, yeah, that's all you say. know what? Thank you. The, the world is happy to hear the apology. Finally, it's like a little bit late, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah. If you, if you do end up watching this movie and uh, because I haven't spoiled the very ending yet in terms of what happens for it and oh, i will please do oh, no okay. I, i'm not i'm not going to um that's a, that's the degree four that we're not gonna we're not gonna get to um but if you do get there i must say that what i've described so far degrees one through three were the best parts of the movie and as much as the four like degree four like the ending is good um but it had this weird kind of timing problem for me and it could just be a me thing like there when it ends it ends abruptly and it's like once again like directed by similar to like what you're saying with no country old men and then it, i was like oh and ended and then it took me like four to like 16 more seconds to kind of think like start to process the ending and realize what the implications were for what we had just seen and i feel like if they had extended the last scene by like that 30 seconds to a minute to a minute you could have had that revelation as the title com- is card is coming in and that's like something really impressive to be able to do. It's something similar to like how Inception is able to really pull off that ending and make you realize what, what's happening and the implications as it's cutting away to the abruptness, as opposed to you have the abruptness, you have those like 10 seconds of being let down before your brain starts to kick in and work. So this could just be a me thing. Maybe my brain's just slow. Maybe I'm just a dumbass. But I, mean, I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Stephen. Thank you for <laughs> for holding back. <laughs> Someone had to, though. Someone had to. Someone I'm had glad, to say it. glad it was you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you described the movie pretty well there. And obviously, you kind of talked about what you liked and what you didn't like, um, such as the, the actors, the group of friends were very believable, albeit far too attractive to really be that believable. Like, were, were there any other kind of highlights or lowlights that you kind of uh, key takeaways from the movie? Um, I would say that one of the the only other major lowlight it's like uh, would be that there are some parts in the middle that just seem a little too convenient. Um, like, for instance, in order to explain what discoherence is, like, you know, how are they, how do they know this? Well, it turns out that one of them has like a famous astrophysicist, quantum physicist brother who happened to leave a book of his there. Um, and they read the book, like, you know, like that sort of like, yeah, okay, I see that we need to get from point A to point B here. But like, man, is that a rickety ass bridge that's connecting those two points? <laughs> so I guess the only question now is kind of, um, we, we're gonna have to put a scale to it, we're gonna have to give a rating here. Yeah. So, how many OC cast members out of 
I'm trying to think of a good number of quantum physics books, but I'll just say Brothers Who Leave Behind quantum physics uh, physics books. Would you give this? Okay, so I'm I know it's a the... it's a very cliche uh, description, but yeah, we've we've all been there. We've all we've all <laughs> seen this metric up there before. <laughs> so if I'm going to try to make this work, so if it's like so if we've got if we've got these like uh, how many astrophysicists, brother? We're going to say that we have like maybe uh like oh it's because oh but that's another interesting point because there's an infinite number of these people so technically there's an infinity number of is like of uh astrophysicist brothers that are going through okay so it was like out of infinity at the bottom if this is our quotient we're gonna say it's a solid six oc cast members out of infinity brothers which means negligible Okay, and is that in our world or in a parallel universe? J- just so I'm following correctly. Yeah, I would say that it's um, it's probably in the third, uh, the second, the second universe to the right, and straight on till morning. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. based on that, I, g- people go go watch this movie or or don't. Yeah, I might be I might the, be rating it too high. I don't know. I just, the like, reviews are I, in. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> but, I, I mean. You've watched the movie, you've given a very clear description of what it's about and what you would rate it. Everybody could follow that, no question. Would you give your past self any advice or or would you tell your past self anything about this? Or or is future Tyler just kind of going to keep this to himself? I would, uh, so if we have like a weird discoherence situation, only it's with time and I'm able to go back in time and talk to my previous self and I would, I would say to them, yeah, have you heard of coherence? And they would say, no. And I would say, well, look it up. <laughs> because it's like, it is like a, a really good low-budget sci-fi movie. Um, and those are kind of rare to find. It's, you know, low-budget, it doesn't mean bad. It never has meant bad. But it does mean fewer eyes on it, less time, it's like, less, like fewer resources, all of these type of things uh, that are more things stacked against it. So it is really impressive when someone can go ahead and execute a story like this. And for all the little quibbles I have of it maybe being a little too inconvenient, a little too convenient at times, all that sort of stuff. Listen to me, past Tyler. Do yourself a favor. Watch this movie, and then maybe when you watch this movie and you sit, you tell Prime you watched it, it will recommend Arrival and Ex Machina to you, and you can do this in the inverse order that I did. <laughs> That's smart. That that is a good takeaway. You hear that, Amazon, next week's sponsor of the episode? Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way you should do things. Give us the movie that we were meant to watch before suggesting the one that we should watch. (laughs) Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our discussion. But first, we must choose what movies from our list to watch next. And now we have our trusty D20s or... We should have our trusty D20s, but I left them on the other side of the room. So I'm just going to walk over, and through the magic of editing, it's going to seem like I have them already. All right, here we go. All righty. So you, I don't have the list up. So do you have the list oh, up? Oh, I do. I, oh, I, perfect. It's always close by. So I'm going to Lizzie, give you the number, and you can tell me what you're watching. You're watching number two on your list. Oh, okay. I'm excited about this one. Sh- should I say what it is? Yes, tell them what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Oh, oh yeah, this should be interesting. Have you ever watched a Stanley Kubrick movie before? I have, I have. I, is the Shining, I imagine. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, yep, there you go. That's one of them. Yep. 
Perfect. Okay. Well, yeah, you got another one in this pocket, and I'm going to be watching number okay. 16 on my list. 16. You've got Deep Red. <laughs> okay. Like, I've, we're gonna... I've seen that one. That's good. All right. Yeah. Cool. Be, it's like we're, we're going to have some role reversal there. Because yeah, I'm going to be going more be into your area, your area yeah. of expertise. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. I, and I should say, I said that's good. I didn't mean that's a good movie. I meant that's good that you get to watch it because <laughs> I can relate to that one. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you all for <laughs> listening. And hey, what movies are in your future me archive? Will you be adding No Country for Old Men or Coherence to it after today's discussion? Let us know at artunionscience at gmail.com. It's time to seal up the Future Me archive once more and become paranoid about what the next Future Me in the chain will get up to in my absence. May God have mercy on their souls. Congratulations! You finally did it! Would you like to continue on to the next one? You have selected No. Roll sound. Rolling. Sound production take two. And through the magic of editing, it's going to seem like I have them already. No, let's not edit. Let's together. just keep it rolling like this. This is, what, this is what it's all about. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I wonder if Steven gets that reference. <laughs> yeah, I got that one. I don't have my headphones on, so I can't hear you if you're talking. No, that's fine. This is even better. This is the way podcasting should be done. You can say whatever you want. You on the other All side the of the room. All the mean things you've always wanted to can't say. Can't hear me. I just talk away. I'm back now. <laughs> you can stop saying mean things to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go.